reading tonight is just a little bit different, so I'm going to set it up so you're not surprised for the entire reading. Um, this is a video similar to one we watched before. So this is the passage for tonight. It's a meditation on Epiphany, um, and it's also read in a different language. And I thought this is a fitting night to do that for a night that God made himself known to magi in a far country and came to them. Hearing the scripture in another language seems like a good way to do it. There are subtitles for those of you who do not know that language, like me. Um, But as I've read this passage and thought about this passage this week, I've sort of wondered about it from Mary's perspective and wondered what it must be like for these three guys to show up at your house um, from really far away and to say, hey, we saw this star. It's a thing we've been waiting for for a long time. And for them to be the ones to kind of confirm Jesus as King of Kings. I, I don't know where Mary was at, but that had to be sort of a mind-blowing affirmation of keep, keep being his mom, <laughs> and he is who he is. Um, so this is the passage for tonight.耶稣在犹大的伯利恒诞生后东方的博士来耶路撒冷朝圣问那生下来做犹太人之王的在哪里我们看见他的心出现特来拜他他们前行在那里这颗心在他们前头行就是在东方看见的那心执行到小孩子的地方就在上头停住了他们看见那心停住了他们就大大欢喜因你的光已经来到耶和华的荣耀已现在你身上列国的财宝也必来归你他们要奉上黄金乳香又要传说耶和华的赞美你悲哀的日子也完毕了我必使你变为永远的荣华历代的喜乐进了房子看见小孩子和他母亲玛利亚就夫妇拜他然后他们新开宝盒
拿黄金、乳香、墨药为礼物献给他。中被指示，不要回去见西律，就从别的地路回本地了Time ago, I was speaking with a with a young scientist, and we we're talking about his faith journey. And he said,、uh, "You know, I'm just just don't seem to be able to hear God like other people do. I I try to pray, it doesn't work. I I try to go to church, I honestly don't get much out of it.、Um, I, I want to follow Jesus, but I don't I don't know what to do." And I said, "Well, tell me a time when you felt." Very close to God, and he looked for a moment. He got a little embarrassed. I could tell he didn't want to tell me. I said, "No, no, just any time you felt very close to God." And he said, "Well, I'll tell you. I was sitting at my computer with my headphones on, and I was so deep into the mystery of an algorithm that I was lost to the world. And that's when I felt the closest to God." And I said, "I said, friend, I think that's a sacred moment, and you should pay attention to it." I think Epiphany gives us the right to say things like that.、Uh, the word just means reveal, manifest, and our story is about God revealing Himself. To a bunch of what would be considered scientists, Oriental scientists—that's what Strong's Bible Dictionary says—from Persia, from Iran, from Iraq, and they find God by studying the stars. We don't know much more than that, but they were looking for truth in God's created order. And somehow, they made their way to Jesus. Now, the the challenge then is how do we respond? And one of the things I just want to encourage you tonight is that yes, God reveals Himself most fully in His Son and through the Scriptures. But there are also many other ways that He is crying out to you and calling you to Himself and. Uh, pay attention to those. Stay awake. Listen. Look. He really wants to speak with you. And if for some reason right now the word of God and prayer are not the ways you're primarily hearing, I bet He's trying to talk to you some other way. Pay attention. 
He's trying to talk. But when he starts to talk, we have to respond. And one of the things that I'd encourage you to do, if you have a little time as the year gets going, you've had a couple weeks, they've been a little different probably, a little different rhythm. What are some of the things that you think God is sharing with you as you start the new year? You might take a little time this week, just journal it. And it doesn't have to be epic things, it doesn't have to be all caps, it doesn't have to be King James it just what are some of the things that came up in you, whether it was through scripture and prayer, whether it was through a walk, whether it was through a conversation or a movie or a film or a trip to the desert? What are some of the things that are alive in you and moving around in you as you start the year? And for me, in my walk with God, rarely are they directives, they're rarely texts or tweets. Usually there are movements. Their stirrings, their inclinations, their invitations, their desires. So take some time to try to pay attention to what the star is in your life, to where God is speaking. But then we have to respond. And we've had a rich, rich feast tonight already. I want to just take a few minutes, a little more briefly tonight than normal, and, and I want to look at the three ways people respond to God revealing himself, to the epiphany. And the first, of course, let's look at how the, the, the wise men respond. Uh, they, they've come about 800 miles over the desert. It may have taken two years. You, you may have noticed that Herod will then kill all children two years and under. So actually, this is probably two years after Jesus is born. It's quite a sacrificial journey. They come, they find Christ, they give him gifts, they return, they worship him. They have this odd conversation with Herod and then don't go back to him. And what is so... Uh, unusual about this is they don't have much to go on just a star and they do say along the way we've come to worship the king of the jews so somehow maybe they heard on the trail something about the messiah maybe somebody gave them a little piece of a prophecy but they don't know hardly anything at all and yet they keep moving and eventually Find Christ. I thought of these men when I read a line from a Rilke poem this week. I circle around God, around the primordial tower. I've been circling for thousands of years. Am I a falcon, a storm, or a great song? That line, circling around God for thousands of years, I think it's emphasizing this sense of, I'm not really sure where you are. I know you're there. I want to find you. Other people seem to have a dead bead. I don't. I keep moving. I'm following what I've got. And all I've got is a star and a little piece of a prophecy I got in a bar somewhere in the middle of the desert. But I'm following. That's one way to respond to whatever revelation you have tonight. Even if it's incomplete, partial, confusing, it's just move towards it. Whatever you got, move towards it. I need more certainty. It needs to make more sense. Give that up. Whatever you've got, move towards it. Some time ago, I, I met with a young man who had emailed me to say he was no longer attending church. Essentially, he was saying, but he's still circling around God and and uh, he wrote to say goodbye to me. 
And uh, I said, well, well, how about you don't have to come to church, but would you still meet with me once a month? And he said, deal. And we had this, we've been having these wonderful conversations. And, and what he's talking about is, is his struggle to hear from God, his struggle to have an epiphany, his struggle to discern what God is doing. And it seems to him that everybody else has it. And he used to come here, he doesn't anymore. And he said, I sit in that room and everybody worships. And sometimes they cry and they pray and they sing. And I don't. And I hate myself. What kind of a Christian am I if I can't be where they are? And I said, well, friend, first of all, you're making a lot of assumptions. Half of them fall asleep when I preach. <laughs> Not half, but a few of you do. I, I see you. I see you. I see you. <laughs> uh, no, now you're awake, right? Uh, I said, it's not, it's not where they all are. But he says, I feel like such a fraud because I do not hear from God. And I said, well, let's start here. Where are you hearing from God? Where are you finding energy and life in God? And he's finding some ways. And he's starting to move towards the star. And my prayer is it'll come back to Jesus. Herod responds differently. Uh, Herod has been in power now 30 years. Very complicated story. One of the most powerful men in the world. He knows all the big names uh, of the Roman Empire. At some point he converts to Judaism which historians are very confused whether he really did or it was just a political thing, but that's no easy thing for a man to convert to Judaism. You go figure out the rest of it. it, it, it uh, there's a bit of a sacrifice involved. Uh, he builds a huge temple. It's glorious. It's still there. So at some point, this powerful man has a kind of an urging to be a part of the people of Israel, to know the God of Israel. But as the years go on, he becomes obsessed with power. And then, towards the end of his life, he falls into a mad rage. And he actually, I looked it up, he kills his wife, her sons, her brother, her grandfather, and her mother. And so the genocide that we read in Matthew 2 is, is very consistent with who he was at, at the time. And so the wise men go find Herod. And, and here's the thing that I think about as I look, about the, as I look at this today. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. I think God sent the wise men to Herod to give him one more chance. Herod was going down. All the idols of power that he had built were crumbling around him. Everything he'd done to kind of make sure that his life with work would come crumbling down. He's falling into madness. And so God sends him one more evangelist, oddly Persian Zoroastrian astrologists to share the gospel with him. He could have said yes. And he says no instead and descends into the rage of madness. So, could you be playing the role of Herod tonight? You know, maybe you've built this life and, and it's worked for a long time and you've, you've figured out how to make it work and there's these idols of power and security and control and you've figured out how to put them all together to protect yourself from pain and being vulnerable 
And for some reason, the reason being God, it's all coming apart. And everything you've amassed to protect yourself, all your fortresses and palaces, all your self-protective ways of relating are all come crumbling down and it infuriates you. And God is sending a messenger into your life. A strange messenger, a messenger that's the last person in the world you'd ever think to bring you truth about Jesus Christ. How will you respond? How will you respond? We know how Herod responds. The religious leaders in Israel respond yet another way. They know Micah's messianic prophecy. They immediately find it. They share it. They probably knew other messianic prophecies. Isaiah 60. Nations shall come to your light. Kings to the brightness of your rising. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. Camels will come to you bringing gold and frankincense and good news. Literally the gospel. They knew that one. And in a little town like Jerusalem was, of course they knew when these wise men had come. They knew. And and how do the religious leaders respond? The people who study the Bible all their life, who get a paycheck like I do from preaching the word of God, trot out a prophecy, show it to the king, put it away, and go back to running the religious machine. Because there were deadlines. There were sheep to kill. There was blood on the steps to clean up. There was catechism to teach. And a mile or two, or actually about 12 down the road, the Messiah himself is born, and they go back to studying the Bible. That's the part of the story that scares me to death. Because it suggests that you can be a devout follower of God, spending your life studying the Word of God and miss the Christ. And that the religious machinery can go running and humming right on doing good things even as a fresh appearance of Christ comes and goes in your midst. Oh, That one haunts me. I wonder sometimes where we're doing this. So how will you respond when you have an epiphany? How will you respond when you sense God moving, stirring, awakening? When he does speak, how will you respond? Will you faithfully follow the scrap of revelation you have like the wise men? Just taking one step towards the star, even though you don't get it all, you don't have certainty, you have many questions, but you're sure God's speaking. That's one way. Will you cling to your idols and reject the offer of the gospel like Herod did? Or will you fill your year with yet another good Bible study? and miss the living Christ. Let's pray.